0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of mailbag my name is damon clarky is also here g'day this week's guest is host of the lair podcast and supercoach legend pete please welcome the phantom thanks for coming on mate always great to have you
1: hello guys legend gee that's very kind of you now i i thought about it i thought to think twice when you invited me on because i know you invited <laughs> my friend the hipster on before me i was taken aback a little bit when that happened so um, but no, you know I like you guys. So happy to be here. It's like having, it's like going to a concert. You,
0: you, there's the opener, and then <laughs> there's the headline act.
1: I'll take that. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this
2: is this is supporting act. Very- we're very casually yeah. balancing our uh, our <laughs> books against wanting to have Hipster back on and wanting to have you back on again, Phantom. So, um, Damo, very diplomatic in that.
1: Oh, very good.
0: Phantom, how much of your planning for the buys was disrupted by having no Sicily, Oliver, Mitchell, Simpson, etc.? cetera? Um, were you able to field 18 players on the weekend?
1: I was. It worked out okay in the end. But in terms of buy planning, I put out um, sort of a six, seven-week plan couple of weeks before round 12, and was pretty happy with how it was looking. I needed to sit down, jot everything out, work out where I needed and when I needed it. um all looked good in my head, looked perfect. I was going to have the best team coming out the buyers. But of course, um that week, it blew up in my face. So all those things hurt. I still feel the team I've had to change on the fly, which a, a, a lot of us are doing at the moment. A lot of us will continue to do over the next couple of weeks. Been tweaking that plan, still working to the same sort of goal. Um, obviously, held Clayton Oliver too, so fingers crossed. Obviously, we've heard the news. He's in hospital uh, during the week. Hopefully, he's right by Monday. That'd be big. Um, and Jordan Degoy, the latest speed bump for me. So, plenty of issues, but just tinkering on the fly and hopefully come out in the same sort of spot.
0: I was unlucky and I could only muster up 16 players. I did plan for the buyers, but Apparently, the Supercoach gods didn't care.
1: Always the way. You only do so much sometimes.
0: Clarkie, as you know, there was no Monday podcast this week, so we might spend a little longer on questions than usual just to get everything covered. The first buy has now been done. So, Fremantle, St. Kilda, Sydney and Brisbane are the players that you should be targeting. Those premiums include Luke Ryan, Andrew Brayshaw, Caleb Sarong, Jake Lloyd, Jack Steele. Uh, Lockie Neal, Josh Dunkley, if you don't have him for some reason. Uh, is there anyone else cu- in those teams that we should be looking at?
2: Jack Sinclair? Jack she Sinclair? Sinclair.
1: Yeah. I, forgot a bit, I forgot about him. Damo, Hayden Young, what are you doing to me? <laughs> <laughs> be speechless. Turn him. Tim Mitchell has turned me off him. We need to mute that guy. I did that a while ago and I work with him. No, just kidding. We loved him.
0: We do love Tim. Um, and the clubs on the bye this week is Geelong and Gold Coast. So most teams should have eighteen pretty comfortably. Clarkie last Wednesday was the mid-season draft. Great. Some players already lined up for their new teams in their respective state league competitions. Um, Phantom, you live uh, in South Australia and... Quinton Narkel looked like he had a starring performance for Port Adelaide. Could he be Port's missing piece, a little bit like Marlon Pickett back in
1: 2019? I think it's a... I really like um, the pick and what Port have done. I thought always thought Narkel was a bit unlucky um, during his time at the Cats. And I think you can definitely, Narkel, come in and play a role, give them a spark. The question is, I guess, when he comes in and how he fits in, um, 230K in KFC Supercoach. A little bit off-putting too, but definitely one to watch. Um, definitely too good for the state league level. So we don't need to see any more from him in the sample from what he did on the weekend. So it's just about opportunity, and if it can give someone a rest, can he push, uh, push into the side? Because we know um, his clearance work and how he wins the footy. If he's given the role, he can score okay. In case he's coach. So, definitely one to keep an eye on, but the price is still a little bit concerning. Yeah, another one with a weird price is Caleb
0: Poulter as well, who um, might find a spot in the Bulldogs team with Ed Richards out for six weeks. And we know Bevo loves his VFL recruits. Clarkie, are you looking at Caleb Poulter at 212K?
2: The price makes him really awkward for me. Um, similar, similar to Narco, where it's like, okay, well, we know what he can bring. It's just about whether or not he gets that it's it's that time of year as well where we're kind of scrounging for whichever rookies that we can get um the bulldogs they took oscar baker at the start of this year in the preseason um to provide that running carry and poulter could really kind of be the blocky hunt the lucky hunter to his ed langdon um kind of thing and just provide two Two outlets of run and carry that could really help the dogs attack. So that Ed Richards injury, while unfortunate for Ed Richards um, and wish him all the best, obviously, could be beneficial to us. The, we might not have a choice, really, is the other thing. We, we might just not have a choice. And if he looks like he's going to get those games, maybe after his bye.
0: The other players to line up for their new teams was Jaden Hunter lined up for Essendon's VFL. He kicked one goal from eight disposals. Ryan Marrick lined up for West Coast waffle team. He kicked one goal from five disposals and probably will be named if only as an emergency just because West Coast's injury list looks like the phone book at the moment. And uh, Matt Coolhardt and James Tresize also lined up for Richmond's VFL team as well. So just a few players to look out for maybe towards the end of the year. Let's get to the questions. And the first question comes from lots and lots of people. (laughs) To Fife or not to Fife? I'm in the to not Fife camp, even though I am a Freo supporter, I don't really trust his role or his scoring output in the role that he's got but he is at a very attractive price, and we know what he can do if he starts firing on all cylinders. Phantom, where where are you on this?
1: I sort of started in that boat, but um, I've sort of jumped ship a little bit, I think. It's all about the price, 244 k and given the cash issues um, we're all having in KFC Supercoach, I'm having them big time. I need to make some money. I need to get some money in to be able to, continue to upgrade my team and come out the other side of the buyers with an almost complete team. If I don't take an extra 200, 250K on offer from, say, a Harry Sheezil, which is something I'm weighing up this week, then I'm probably not going to get it. It's going to delay um, when I come out with a complete team. So that's why I'm weighing it up. And 244K, yes, I agree with the concerns about role and his body, but um, we, we still know the bones of what made him such a good super coach scorer is there, how his contested footy numbers are still um, you know, a high percentage of how he wins the footy. We've seen what he did last week, uh, sorry, two weeks ago in his first full game um, for the season. So I still think, can he score um, your 80s and 90s, maybe a three-figure scores when the Dockers need him to stay in the midfield a little bit longer than they might have planned? I think so. And it's only going to take a couple of those um, for him to work. And with him, my plan is to push him to the bench uh, in the long run. Again, good plan. Um, looks good in theory. Uh, but with that in mind, that's sort of, sort of telling myself that 244K, going to be a bench loop maybe when he goes well in the back half of the year, I can loop him on. Um, going to play in the next, each of the next three buy rounds. So there's concerns, but I think there's just enough upside to take the punt. Is it safer to go for Fife or Yo? I
2: <laughs> no. Oh, oh I wasn't expecting that question.
1: It's it, yeah, you can't align safe. The word safe with either of those <laughs> two, but I think I wrote uh, during the week that um, you know if both go wrong. I think Yo is going to break your heart more at, at the price and the reasons you're getting him for. He's the one that could average 105 if all goes well from here. Five's probably not going to do that. But again, if it all goes wrong, um, you're probably going to be heard a bit more or it might seem like you're going to be heard a bit more from Yo at the price for me. Cl- Clarkie, where do you sit on this?
2: So to quote Danny Rojas uh, from Ted Lasso, uh, for anyone watching out there, great show. Um, Fife is life, but Fife is also death. Um, there's just There's a lot of question marks that I have in terms of what can he do, what, what ben- how does it benefit me is probably the biggest question that I have in terms of bringing him in. I think it's reasonable to say that Frio's run home isn't the easiest. Like, they've got Richmond this week, GWS, Essendon, Western Bulldogs, Carlton, Collingwood, Sydney, Geelong. So there's a lot of those games where, and forgive me for saying it, Damo, are going to really depend on Frio's maintaining form which they probably haven't this year they had a really good string of games um just gone but really it's kind of the first glimpse that we've seen of the freeo that i think we all kind of expected at the start of the year but that it's it's just kind of a mixed run where it's these teams who like gws it's you think on paper well freeo should be able to overcome that but gws are kind of a bit of a danger team now where it's which one is going to turn up and Am I really wanting to push a 244k player to my bench instead of cashing out on, say, like a Marek this week and just going, well, West Coast have to play somebody and that'll be fine. It doesn't really matter. And then cop bad scores anyway. Um, that, that's probably the biggest question I have. I'm kind of, I can understand why people would do it because, you know, you trade a Sheasel to a Fife. Um, you trade like a day to a Fife and you make money on the trade and you're probably like, yep, cool use that elsewhere, upgrade somebody else. And you do have cover for somebody who arguably would be best 22 if fit. So it's not for me, I think, at this stage. I, I've i got probably... I didn't realise there was a Thursday game this week, so I have less than 24 hours to decide whether it is or isn't for me this week. But there's that's the biggest concerns that I have is, well, where where's the long-term value for me is having the cash now better or is having bench coverage for that one spike game that may or may not happen. You know, it could happen in round 22 against West coast for all we know. Um, Is is that going to be helpful to me at some point? So it if I had, if I had to do it now, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably say he's a no from me.
0: It's worth noting that Freo have seven of their last twelve games at Optus Stadium, so they don't travel quite as much in this back half of the season. But I guess, I guess the word—I don't know if this is the right word to to call it—but their fixture is a little spotty on the run home. They get those teams that can can be difficult on their day. So um, yeah, I, I completely understand, and I, and I'm probably sitting in in the no five camp as well. Who scores more on the run home, Lockie Neal or Andrew Brayshaw? That's from Dave on Twitter. Clarkie?
2: Lockie Neal. There's no that this is an all vibes question because they could easily both just end up being one hundred five to one hundred ten guys, or they could go higher. But I think Neal at the Gabba versus Brayshaw at home. I uh, I think Brisbane's form probably indicates that they will be coming home strong.
0: Phantom, it's kind of like comparing an orange with with an orange, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I agree with what Clarky said um, and for the reasons too. I think, you know, if there was a bigger price discrepancy or, or something, but then you, you might lean toward, go one way or the other. But if we're just talking head-to-head scoring, I think you have to back Lockie Neal, um, again, given what the Lions is probably going to do in the back half of the year and, and those games at the Gabba.
2: I feel bad because Andrew Brayshaw is very firmly in my plans this week and I already own Neil and I got him a couple of weeks back just before his bye because something happened. I can't remember exactly what misfortune befell me that particular week, but I, need, I needed somebody and I brought in Neil. So I feel, feel bad having to pick between the two players that I'm going to pick anyway. I don't think you lose really. Like, if you pick either of them.
0: Yeah, both good options to pick up. Coming off there by... Does Fife affect Sarong or Brayshaw? Justin Longmear came out this morning i believe and said that sarong is dealing with an issue that won't affect his ability to train or play but oh yeah <laughs> it, it it kind it kind of feels like where brayshaw was at, at the beginning of the year where he was pump, where he was scoring those frustrating 80s and 90s and people including myself decided to let him go because the, you you were falling behind so Maybe don't trade in Sarong this week and and try again later when his scoring bumps back up. But who knows? Um, I think Fife isn't the main cog in that midfield, so shouldn't affect them too much. Um, Phantom, how do you feel about this?
1: Yeah, I agree. I don't think they can afford I don't think Justin Longmuir can afford to do that. Um, there's new – the main man and, and you, you know, Sarong's – Bray Shores, um, they're the men. They're the ones leading the way in the midfield. Now he can't go back to Fife. I think even Longmuir mentioned in the last couple of days that um, he loves the split and the way they're using that Fife at the moment. So I don't think that's going to change. We know Matthew Johnson um, had some centre-bounce action as well after coming back into the side. He was pretty good um, against the Demons in round 11. So to answer that question as a yes or no, I would say no, they can't. The Fife's going to complement them, I think, and help them out, maybe, when needed.
2: What's going on with this Frio thing at the moment, Damo, where they're just, oh, no, Sarong has this little thing that, like, oh, he can still train and play, but he's just got, and then Brayshaw coming out after the fact and going, yeah, nah, first six weeks I was cooked. Just, probably should have just had a rest, but play. What is, what's going on with that? Why why is this happening? I don't know, I'm not a doctor. You... (laughs) I blame you specifically because it's your team.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. Um, apparently, Sorong has actually been ha- actually had this issue for a few weeks now. So I think it's just um, he tweaked an ankle dur- during a game, got got it strapped up, and is now just working towards getting it back to where it was, back to where it was before he tweaked it, and um, hasn't affected him to miss any games. And looking at his scoring, lowest score over the last three or four weeks is 93, which isn't really that bad. So, um, yeah, I don't think uh, any of these issues are anything to to be worried about. And and if it's anything like Brayshaw, he should be back up and running in a few weeks anyway. Next question comes from Jesse Munro on Twitter. Is Kieran Briggs still worth it, especially for those who are needing cash to get to something that resembles a finished team.
1: Phantom? Yeah, interesting one. Um, I get the idea. I had traded in Bailey Humphrey a couple of weeks ago after he went up, Rory Atkins, which actually didn't work as well for the same idea. To, given the lack of cash generation, on the bench, and the guys down below, I needed to sort of jump on that money train to get to where I wanted to go. So I understand that thought. Um, Briggs, though, obviously um, in that nut next price bracket again to those guys. So it all depends on what you've come down to and depends what your trade count looks like as well. But if we're talking about can he keep it up, I think, you know, he scored seven. Um, k Supercoach Tons, sorry, eight for Supercoach Tons on the trot now if you, if you look at his first five VFL games for the year as well. So we know he's a good scorer as a junior too. So it's not, can't say this is Kieran Briggs, these are fluke scores or anything. We saw him, if you watched him closely on the weekend. He was very good. So I think he can still continue to scoring as the number one man. So I don't think that's um, an issue. The other question we might get to later is, you know, if you've got him on your bench, are you going to bench one of your premium big guns for him? That's not a question altogether. But in terms of being too late, uh, uh, it, I think it all depends on on, on your team, Jesse. I don't – it's hard to say what the rest of his team looks like, how many trades, how much cash he's got left. But um, I'm leaning towards no. But, again, if you've got the trades and you want to get to someone and this is probably the only way, then I'm not against it. But the 350 is a little bit off-putting.
0: We, we don't have that question actually, Phantom, but I will ask – you and maybe Clarkey can weigh on weigh in on this as well. Let's say you've got Rowan Marshall and Tim English as your as as your rock pair, or Rowan Marshall and Max Gorn, or Tim English and Max Gorn, or something along those lines. Who do you bench for Kieran Briggs, or like how how would you do it?
1: Yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be Marshall. I don't think um, one fifty nine, one hundred seven, one thirty one, one twenty six, and ninety eight is past five scored 156 as well in last year's fixture against the Swans in Sydney. Uh, The other concern um, is Briggs' round 13 opponent, which is Todd Goldstein. And North Melbourne and um, North are the hardest team for Rucks to score against this year. On average, they only concede 68 points um, to Ruckman in 2023. Um, Essendon, the second hardest to score against another eight points further back, so... Big men have found it hard against Todd Goldstein and the Rouge cherry in there at times as well before the injury. So that makes it hard. Max Gorn is probably the interesting one, Clarkie. What do you think? I've had a few people ask me, you know, can you play Briggs over Gorn?
2: Probably it would be matchup dependent. Um, I think Gorn is building into something, but those ruck splits have been more 50 Yeah. Of late, than they. I think he had something like forty eight percent in the last last week against Carlton. So it, it's and you, you're watching Gorn, So I was I was at the Carlton game as well, and there's just times where. The problem was that like it wasn't necessarily that Gorn was doing anything bad, like he dropped a few marks that he probably usually grabs. So maybe it's a form issue, but he got burnt as well uh, probably about two or three times, just completely out on his own nobility game and the kick just went to some contest. So I don't think you know, that big goal got into the ninety last week. I'd probably say the way that Briggs plays as a ruckman, I'd probably be comfortable playing him on field. Um, he's just got a big, big body. And he was, he went hard against Nank last week. Um, It was, it was actually really like a, a joy to see because we're sort of seeing, we thought it was kind of the introduction of like the hybrid Ruckman was kind of the thing like the Luke Jackson types, the, you know, the Brady Grundy kind of halfway in between that where, oh, well, they're kind of a midfielder as well now. And Briggs seemed to just like be a real, just big boy Ruck style stuff and that that goal as well so he can do what he needs to do to get around the ground so i'd probably say this week i'd probably field breaks over gone and that's that's probably a huge call but i just i don't know maybe i'm a de- dejected melbourne fan but i just i'm not entirely convinced how this grundy gone combination is going to go against collingwood on king's birthday
0: Especially considering um, Grundy has asked for the first Ruck contest. Oh
2: God! <laughs> what, so he can hit it directly to a Collingwood player? And it, sorry, that's that's sorry, my nuff my nuff creeped in. I apologise. <laughs> oh man, I that that I was I love Brady Grundy. A uh, Brady Grundy is a human, and he's a very very talented footballer. But the number of times I watched a Ruck contest in like the last three Melbourne games and just watch Grundy just hit it straight to an opposition player. Just like, I, I wouldn't even care if it was open space. Just like, it's literally the worst thing you can do. Anyway, sorry, that's <laughs> beside the point. Um, I'd probably also say it's, it's late to go on Briggs, personally. 340 is really expensive and he's already made the bulk of what He probably will, like, you know, unless he keeps up this 120 thing and then at that point you're probably questioning your life choices of holding (laughs) Marshall, English, Wits, Gorn, whoever you've got. So um, there's no guarantee that this will keep up. So he's made a bulk of, you know, almost half of what you would say would be successful, say, you know, 150 being 100% successful and you'd probably take a 100K increase. So if he scores another 100 this week...
0: But Clarky, there's no rookies on the bubble this week, so maybe we need to spend up to get our money makers.
2: Three hundred and forty
0: though, three hundred and forty,
2: Damo. F- well, fan- it's a lot. It's a lot. Phantom,
0: how how are you? Um, look at how are you gonna get your money makers in this th- this week? Because there's no rookies on the bubble. Um. And it doesn't look like there's going to be any next week either.
1: It's a concern. I guess that's why I'm leaning um, towards going down the Fife path um, as as much as there is uh, there is risk uh, involved. It, you know We've got Marcus Winhager back in for the Saints uh, on Thursday night. His price has dropped, I think, below 200K after a few sub effective scores, Hunter Clark going to miss um, an extended period, so he's you know given what he did the back end of last year, I was pretty big on him during the preseason, um, but just hasn't felt his way this year. So he's one to sort of keep an eye on. Um, you know, Lewis Melican at the Swans, um, especially given what the Saints give up to defenders. Um, Again, you know, he's not a case supercoach household name. He, he, he never has been, but um, someone's got to take marks. I know Dane Rampy's back, which obviously um, might hurt that a bit, but um, kept his spot on the side, 170K. But again, nothing stands out. I think you've got to be creative, uh, like we mentioned. you you've got to weigh up Briggs, even though, you know, the old school supercoach thought that's Clark he's right. He has made the bulk of his cash, but... Um, if it's going to get to where you want to go, then sometimes you got to take that. So that's why I'm considering Fife um, this week, given what is around. And then hopefully, hopefully something pops up. Marriage, as you mentioned, hopefully um, something can happen there and maybe a, another mid-season prospect pops up next week. But again, we're going to have to take significant risks on these guys before they're actually on the bubble, probably in a lot of, Cave Supercoach teams are going to do that. Whether that's the right or the wrong thing, it's yeah, it's probably too soon to say, but um, it's something we just might have to do.
2: Well, if we're thinking outside of the box, and I'm, I'm going to ask politely that you gentlemen go with me on this. Yep. Uh, one Benjamin Keys has had two back-to-back games now with 80% plus CBAs, is playing a tagging role, has a break-even of seven currently, I mean, why? Like, if, if we're saying Briggs isn't too expensive, Ben Keys is only twenty k more, um, and we know what Ben Keys can do in terms of scoring if he has the right role.
1: Yeah, I'm. have um, spoken about him a lot over here, and you, you talk about role. He's good um, in ter- for that case his super coach and defensive side of his game for the Crows when he is in the midfield, but. Again, I think you know he's kicking against. He went at twenty-two percent by foot um, against the Suns on the weekend. Thirty-five percent the week before. That's what lets him down. That's what's always let him down um, in a general footy sense. And you know the Crows had to get the likes of Joshua Shelley, Jake Saligo, Isaac Rankin, those types through the midfield this season. It's changed them as well. Um, they need guys with a bit of skill. And obviously Keyes comes in and, and plays a role and does a job which none of those guys can do. My concern is how long does Nick, um go with it when he doesn't have to? Um, I still think Keyes is much better um, for the Crows um, in that forward role with the other guys up ahead of him. So my concern, and why I'm not going there, is how long does it last? Or how consistently does it last? Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure if I'm
0: sold on Ben Keys, just because we know that he's a bit of a Mister Fix It for, for Matthew Nix. So whether Matthew Nix puts him on on the ball or in front of the ball it would probably will probably depend on the game situation. And that Gold Coast game was becoming pretty hot, under, pretty, pretty hot, hotly contested um, in the second half, and kind of and kind of needed Ben, ben Key's in those. Center, yeah. in those centre bounces because he, he really likes to get in and under and can probably match it with the likes of your Rowles and Humphreys and Andersons and all that. So um, I think it depends on the game for Ben Ben Keys and I'm not sold on him at the price, especially, especially considering before those last two games he scored a 39. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. What do we do with Jack Zabel? That comes from Jeffrey Head on Twitter.
2: If you have enough trades, I'd probably say you could trade him. If you don't have enough trades, then write it out. Aaron Hall's not going to... I would be surprised if Aaron Hall plays every game for the rest of the season, which is probably the biggest um, concern to his role and his scoring.
0: I guess the other question is, if Alistair Clarkson comes back, does Jack Zabel return to the scoring that he was producing before Brett Ratton took over. But we don't know how long Brett Ratton's going to be in charge for. So it's kind of like asking how long is a piece of string.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I agree with Clark's assessment. Um, If you've got the trades, you're not going to hurt. You're probably going to win out of it, given his break even into 172. But I think in turn around, Aaron Hall um, obviously um, played 100% of his time in defence. Uh, in the past three rounds since coming in. Um, But a closer look uh, at their numbers, um, you know, Hall was in the side in round six and seven. Um, Zeebo averaged 21 touches, 19 kicks, seven marks. In the past three weeks, he averaged 21 disposals, 18 kicks, seven marks. He's not doing a lot different. Um, His intercepts are slightly down. Obviously, Hall took more kick-ins um, on the weekend, but then the previous week, the previous two weeks, I should say, Zeebel took 12 to Hall's four. So um, that sort of depended on who's there or what they're doing at the time, I think. I don't think saying Hall's got a, um, the number one go of it on what we saw on the weekend, but the key difference was Zebel's kicking efficiency um, 84% in those previous two rounds in six and seven when Hall was in the side, 70% in the past three weeks. So, sure. Hall was taking some of the ball away, but I think Jack Stevens just made a few more areas errors, errors um, than we're used to, and that's really hurt his KFC Super Coach scoring. So we know what he's capable of, and that's why I'm holding him because I agree. I don't think Aaron Hall. Um, we saw him fall away. Um, you know, look like he was spent a bit or wasn't chasing as much late in that game on the weekend. That's always been his problem. So I'm holding because um, I don't think. Uh, it's as bad as it probably looks. Um, We're sort of looking at um, maybe what happened closely on the weekend with Hall and Zeeble, but I don't think it's going to be as bad um, as what some are predicting.
0: And another question regarding one of his teammates. Harry wants to know, is this the week to jump off Harry Sheasel?
1: I think Sheasel is a little bit different. All those three guys can't play attacking roles off half back. In the past three rounds, Sheasel um, spent 39% of his game time in defense, 29% in the midfield, 32% forward. So Brett Ratton's obviously using him a bit further up the ground because out of those three, he's the most effective um, in another position further up the ground. So I think his role's going to jump around a little bit more when Hall... And Zeeble are back there, and I think obviously long term, Harry Sheezel's not a half back flanker either. So uh, I think he's the one that can probably go. No, by no means a must trade. We we saw he can still score well playing on ball. We know how skillful he is as a player. But breaking him of one nineteen, if you're going to move him on anyway uh, ahead of round fifteen when they've got the buy, then he could go now if you've got a suitable target.
0: Bit of a different question. I I added this in because it isn't round specific or player specific or or anything. It's um, Darcy Duncan wants to know who are our favourite cash cows of all time. The f- his all time. He's he's highlighted Greg Broughton in two thousand and nine, sub hundred k and average ninety eight.
1: He was very good. One of your men.
0: Um, another, I was going to say my favorite is another one of mine. Uh, another another Docker. Um, Tendai Mazungu, He 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 came in priced it, um rookie rookie price, was mature age, and averaged 80, 81 in his in, in in his first season. So, um, he he probably springs to mind as one of my favorite cash cows. There's also um, my, Michael Barlow as well. I can't think of anyone from any other
1: team. Khaki, um, I'm just trying to think. Riley O'Brien, obviously, I didn't, I didn't jump on, but when he came in, um, people took him at R three, similar thing to what Briggs, and he just went, he, he made 300k or something, um, and he sort of really fell behind if you didn't have him um, that year when he took over from Sam Jacobs. Um, not a sort of a cult figure like a Broughton or a Mzungu or a Barlow, but in terms of making cash um, from out of nowhere, almost Riley O'Brien was was huge a couple of years ago.
2: I think I've only got the the a couple in recent memory, and they're mostly tied to me being right about them, <laughs> um, rather than necessarily them being a fantastic pick. Uh, I remember the year that I believed, that, I think it was the same year that I cursed Cam Rayner by saying Cam Rayner would be really good. And he had that ACL before the season started. Uh, But I also suggested that Joe Danaher in his um, first year at Brisbane would be quite good. Was maybe last year, the year before, sorry, not his first year at Brisbane, but, and uh, I do remember copying a little bit of flack for that among certain groups of friends that I had. And he came out and bust out some nineties for a couple of weeks and then moved him on to greener pastures. James Jordan as well has a... And Tom Sparrow as well, actually. Both have nice little places in my heart for just both finally getting their shots and making me a little bit of money and moving them on. All
0: right. We'll close it out now. Um, Who are our vice captains and captains for this week, gentlemen?
2: It's a tough one this week. It is. I've, I've got the currently Rowan Marshall V seed against Tom Hickey I don't know if that's actually going to be any good or not though. <laughs> so it's just something in my brain that was like well yeah it makes sense like um, oh,
1: yeah uh, Marshall's recent numbers are good mentioned before his, his last game in Sydney as well was um, good Tim, I liked.
2: Tim English against Port as well um should hopefully towel up, really.
1: That's why I'd probably overlook Marshall, I think. I'd, I'd like to VC English. I'd like to have him in there. Um, so I'm, I'm probably leaning towards VC English after we did last week.
0: I think my VC is going to be on Jake Lloyd just because of how halfbacks are scoring against St Kilda this, um, this year.
2: Yep, fair call. Yep, I like it. Um, I would probably say Lockie Neil against Hawthorne. I think Josh Dunkley gets Connor Nash and Neil's probably going to have a bit of free reign. So if you bring Neil this week, this could be a, a VC week for Neil.
1: Yep. I don't mind it. I don't mind any of the Crows boys as well at home on Saturday afternoon against the Eagles. Uh, Jordan Dawson or Rory Laird. Yeah. Um, as C, it, ideally, you know, given what both, Dawson in particular, um, done a bit you like to VC, but both uh, in numbers are uh, much better at home like the side. So um, they're probably too, in my thinking, yeah. if English fails.
0: Yeah, at, at the moment, my, my vice captain is Jake Lloyd and then my captain is Rory Laird. And I think I'm pretty comfortable leaving it like, like that because I think it's a fairly safe combination.
2: Yeah, Zach Merritt um, should should just have a good week. Yeah. <laughs> Zach Merritt and having a good week uh, go hand in hand, I think. Um, against, especially against Carlton, because who, who knows who which Carlton's going to turn up. And you saw what Christian Projaka did to them last week. So, Zach Merritt to go absolutely bananas. I probably wouldn't say either Gorn, no to a Gorn, a Grundy for the three owners out there or even like a D-cam probably all avoids. Nick Dacos, depending on if Har- Harms gets into the team, may or may not have some attention. Melbourne, we don't typically tag. Um, we have more of like a tough run with kind of thing. We send like a Jack Viney or a or a James Harms to them. But Nick Dacos, I think... Melbourne give up points to midfielders. No Degoe. Move Dac- Nick Dacos into the midfield. Easy days. Better- um, yeah. So, what about
1: Clary? If he gets up, could you go there?
2: I don't. The man's in hospital. <laughs> like, I just there's something there's some bad omen about that. Um, for me, mostly because I'd rather he doesn't play and gets well. Uh, yes, yeah. as, as as a Melbourne <laughs> I'd rather he miss two weeks now than try to push himself. But ah, uh, look, you know, I don't think he'd be going that deep for it. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't be putting the C on somebody who's coming yeah. back from an in- has a has to have a four day turnaround from an overnight stay in hospital.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I've
0: got, I've got a feeling that 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 they will name him on the Friday or the Saturday or whenever they name the teams, and then Definitely. he might be a late out or 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 something on the day if it, if he doesn't quite make it. So that will make it just a little bit um, more stressful for owners who really need him.
2: Great news is it's best eighteen this week. So. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. That's true. All right. That's all the questions for today. Phantom, thanks for joining us. Pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me again. Um, the headline act uh, of the lair. So I'm glad you acknowledged that. And good luck for the rest of the buyers. <laughs> and Clarky, thank you again for being here.
2: Always a pleasure.
1: If you have a question you'd like
0: answered on the next mailbag, all you have to do is tag your question with Jock Mailbag on social media or send an email to jockmailbag at gmail.com. And we'll talk next time.